Hello, it's AJ and welcome to the D Plus Club, where I bring you the latest news and rumours from the last week in Disney Plus. I cover what's new and what's coming soon to the Disney Plus streaming service in the UK and in the US. And we have a weekly movie club, where we give you an overview of the movie along with some facts and some possible goofs along the way. Last week I spoke about the MCU films The Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 2. And that is available now on all major podcasting platforms if you'd like to go back and listen to that one. It's probably available on the one you're listening on right now, in fact. This week's movie has been High School Musical, so I'll get to that a little later in the show. But first off, how are we all doing? I know I mentioned last week that I had a bit of a cold and stuffy nose and a bit of a cough and sore throat, but yeah, that progressed into an all-out chest infection. I ended up calling the doctors earlier on in the week and they prescribed me some medication for that, so... I'm starting to recover from it, so I'm still a little bit groggy and a bit nasally, so if that comes across in this week's episode, just bear with me. The unfortunate thing now is that my son has also started to develop this, so he was up a few times through the night last night as well, and he was really not feeling 100% yesterday evening. In fact, he actually got up in the middle of the night last night and I ended up hopping over onto the Sorcerer Radio Discord and talking with a few people over there briefly until he got back to sleep. Uh, And then he also decided to get up at like 20 to 6 this morning, so that's been a fun day. Long, long fun day. Uh, But anyway, it is what it is. Like like I said last week, I think it's mainly the the weather and how it's been up and down and left, right and centre. And I think especially with my asthma, and we actually also think that my son's got asthma as well, although... Because of his age, the doctors couldn't confirm it. He was actually supposed to have an assessment sometime after his fifth birthday, but then the pandemic hit and then we haven't been physically able to go to doctors in a long time and this, that and the other. And yeah, long story short, we haven't been able to confirm that he does have asthma like myself, uh, but we highly suspect it. And we also think that that's not really helped with this, what, what I believe is a chest infection that he's also developed as well. Anyway. Enough about my chest infection and not feeling 100% this last week or more. I hope you've all been doing well. Um, I've actually been getting back into a little bit of gaming, trying to clear my head a little bit more this last week. I actually took up Animal Crossing again. I don't know whether anyone has a Nintendo Switch, but uh, I actually took up Animal Crossing because my my son got a Nintendo Switch for his birthday from his granddad, and we bought him Animal Crossing. as quite a calming game to be able to play on it. And uh, I picked it back up again for maybe the first time in about eight months or so. So I've been helping him out on the game. And my wife also has it, so she's been helping him out on that. And also I picked up the new Pokemon Snap. Um, It's like a photography game, but for Pokemon, if that makes any sense. So that arrived yesterday. So I had a little bit of a go on that this morning as well when uh, my son got up in the early hours and I couldn't get back to sleep. So I thought, right, I'll give that a go. But I'm actually really enjoying it. It's quite similar to Animal Crossing. It's quite a calming game. There's no deep thought or tenseness that goes into it like some of the kind of like action or fighting games. Anyway, this isn't a gaming podcast. I don't have enough time to play enough games to be able to make a gaming podcast with work and children and everything else that gets in the way with life, of course. But uh, it's been nice to be able to just pick up a couple of games and just lose yourself in it for a a little while. It's not something that I often have chance to do anymore. Uh, anyway, I hope, like I say, you've been doing very well. Let me know how you've been doing. Drop me a message over in the Sorcerer Radio Discord. 
or even on social media at at or forward slash the D plus club. But let's get things started with the news. Kicking off this past week, of course, we had the Oscars and some huge results for Disney in the awards. Disney Pixar's Soul took home two awards for Best Animated Feature and Best Original Score, and honestly, that's not surprising. We've seen Soul pick up similar awards elsewhere, and in my opinion, it's very deserving for those particular awards. It's a very enjoyable film, and the soundtrack to it is absolutely incredible. Also, Nomadland, which we've been talking about for a while for its numerous nominations and awards, won the Oscars for Best Motion Picture, Best Actress in a Leading Role, and Best Achievement in Directing. I know that we've said this a few times, and I do want to check this one out. It's now available on Disney Plus over in the UK, so I'll be definitely making sure to give it a watch as soon as I'm able to. Chloe Zhao, I think I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly, you know me with names, um, who won the award for Best Director, is actually the first Chinese woman, and actually only the second female director to pick up the Best Director Award, so a really big well done to her. Also at the Oscars this past week, we were treated to the trailer for the upcoming adaptation of the West Side Story from Disney-owned 20th Century Studios. I did actually give this trailer a look so that I could talk about it a little bit in the podcast. It's not usually the type of film that I would be interested in, but I was very impressed with the tone of the trailer in the filming style. The filming style actually reminded me of older films... When I say older films, I mean films like Grease. Not the tone of the trailer... But that did feel different. But the overall aesthetic did it did make it feel like it was made a longer time ago than it actually was. And the trailer closes actually with saying that it was directed by Steven Spielberg. So no wonder I enjoyed the filming style on that. He's an absolutely brilliant director. And I have no doubt that this Broadway adaptation will look absolutely amazing, especially if he's in the directing chair. West Side Story is due for release this year on December 10th, so hopefully, crossing our fingers, by the time that comes around, it'll be able to have a good theatrical run. Also in Disney news, it has been announced that Amir Chada Patel, I dread reading out these names, just, I'm, I'm absolutely terrible with names. Anyway, Amir, Amir, anyway, has joined the cast of the upcoming Disney Plus series Willow, which will serve as a sequel to the 1988 movie of the same name. His character will be called Borman, and it is reported that it will be a very similar character to the character that Val Kilmer played in the original. Borman will be a thief and a liar who joins a quest in exchange for being released from prison. Not much is yet known about the series, other than the brilliant Warwick Davis will be returning to the title role as the sorcerer Willow Ufgood, alongside Ellie Bammer as a character called Dove, Ruby Cruz as a character called Kit, and Erin Kellyman, who many have recently seen in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, she will play a character called Jade. Willow is set to hit Disney Plus sometime in 2022, and of course we'll be keeping an eye on this one as we see any further news about it. We've been seeing a lot of news around the upcoming Disney Plus original movie Disenchanted, which of course, as we have spoken about, will be the sequel to the 2007 movie Enchanted. And this week is no exception as we received news that Maya Rudolph, Yvette Nicole Brown, and Jemaya Mays have been cast in the movie. Not much is yet known about the characters that they will be playing, however the rumour and speculation is that they could be the villains in the movie. Yvette, of course, is also currently starring in the Disney Plus original series Big Shot, where she plays Principal Sherilyn Thomas. Also earlier this week, the author of the Percy Jackson books, who is serving as the executive producer on the upcoming Disney Plus adaptation of his popular book series, confirmed that casting has now begun. 
They're currently only casting for the title character of Percy Jackson, from what I've been able to find out. And they are looking for someone who can play 12. Of course, this will allow a range of actors to audition from 12 through to 14, 15, 16, if they look young enough. The hope is that the actor that is cast could play the character for potentially five seasons if the series is successful. And if you are an actor or you know someone who is an actor who could play a 12-year-old and can currently submit an audition tape, you can do so at percyjacksonopencall.20thtelevision.com. The 20 is numerical in that URL. It has also been rumoured earlier this week that Disney may currently be developing a film titled Songs for a Whale, which would be an adaptation of the popular children's novel of the same name. Of course, this has not yet been officially announced by Disney. However, the film is described to follow a young girl by the name of Iris, who was born deaf and has always felt she has had a problem feeling heard. However, she discovers a lone whale singing at a frequency that is unintelligible to other whales, and she makes it her mission to discover that frequency that will help the whale named Blue 55 to feel less alone. I have to admit that I've not read the book to either of our kids, however, after reading this description, I think it'll be one that I'll be adding to our reading list as well. What do you think? Is it the type of film that you would like to see produced for Disney Plus? Me and my wife are currently trying to teach ourselves uh, ASL and BSL, so American Sign Language and British Sign Language. We've had a lot of time over the last 18 months, of course, so we actually invested in a few online courses. So this is actually quite an interesting concept to me, and it'll be one that I'd like to be able to see produced for Disney. Disney did, however, announce this past week that a new series titled Disney's Magic Bake Off will be coming soon. The competitive series will see children aged between 6 and 14 compete by producing cakes and pastries. It will be hosted by... Dara Reen and Isaac Ryan Brown and run for 13 episodes. They will also be joined by Disneyland Resort's chief pastry chef. The series will be co-produced by the media company Tastemade who make award-winning video content on food, travel, home design and surprisingly receive somewhere in the region of 2.5 billion streaming views every month across all of their different platforms. I have to admit, it sounds quite an interesting series. Me and my wife actually watched the BR Chef series, which was released last year on Disney+, and we absolutely loved that, so it might be one to keep an eye on. I didn't see any news on a potential release date, but as soon as I do have any more information on that one, I'll be letting you know. Earlier this week, Disney+, Plus released the trailer for the upcoming Disney Pixar film, Luca, which is set to debut on Disney+, Plus on June 18th this year. I actually really enjoyed the look of this trailer. It looks like it will be a film that the whole family will enjoy. If you've not actually seen the trailer yet, it is actually available now on Disney+. Plus. Just search Luca. I think it's also in the uh, header banner as well, so give that one a go when you can. Disney also announced this past week that they will launch a new event titled Ultimate Princess Celebration. It is described as a year-long event which will spotlight the courage and kindness of the Disney heroines, that inspire fans around the world and will feature experiences, toys, merchandise, fashion, accessories, home decor, books and more. The Grammy-winning artist Brandy, who starred in the Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella, has also recorded a new song titled Starting Now, which will be featured as the anthem for the celebration. The single will debut on May 21st. 
A special as part of the event, titled Disney Princesses Remixed, will premiere as a half-hour special on the Disney Channel in the US this August, before moving to Disney Plus for the rest of the world. The special will celebrate Disney princesses and queens through reimagined performances of some of their most iconic songs. A few weeks ago I spoke about Rebel, the upcoming Disney Plus series which is currently airing on ABC in the US and is set to join the Star service in the UK and elsewhere in the world from May 28th. This past week Disney released a trailer for the upcoming series for international viewers and as I spoke about previously Rebel stars Katie Sagal as Annie Rebel Bello, a funny, messy, brilliant, fearless woman who cares desperately about the causes she fights for the people she loves. When Rebel applies herself to the fight that she believes in, she will win at almost any cost. I actually really enjoyed this trailer, so it might be another one that we add into the rotation now that we've freed up a little bit of time on Friday nights now that some of the things are finished. In the rumour mill this week, Disney apparently is part of a few different companies interested in purchasing or investing in the British sports TV and streaming service BT Sport. Disney's own ESPN service already has a standing deal with BT Sport for select ESPN content, and this could be a further step for ESPN to bring in more of its service into the UK. In Marvel news this past week, it was announced that Chinaka Hodge will serve as the head writer for the upcoming Disney Plus series Ironheart, which will star Dominique Thorne as Riri Williams, a 15-year-old genius who creates the most advanced suit of armour since Tony Stark created the Iron Man suits. Chinaka has previously written for Apple's Amazing Stories and TNT and Netflix's Snowpiercer. Also this past week, we got a sneak peek at Iman Vanali in her character costume for the upcoming Miss Marvel series. I probably pronounced that name incorrectly, as I have almost every other name so far. The character costume actually looks really good for this, and it's really close to the comic book representation from what I can tell. And I'm really looking forward to all of these Marvel series that are coming out. They've done such a good job so far, as I've spoken about previously with one division and the falcon and the winter soldier so i'm really really looking forward to this one also i wanted to note that i'd seen a rumor that john berthnall um who played the punisher in the netflix marvel series is rumored to make an official entry into the mcu the rumor i saw stated that he could be entered into the mcu as early as the next spider-man film which if this is right could mean that we could see more than one of the Netflix Marvel characters show up, as it's also been rumoured that Daredevil, or at least the Matt Murdock character, will be appearing in the film. I also missed out on a little bit of Marvel news past week actually concerning the new Spider-Man film, as Alfred Molina, I think that's how you pronounce that, who played Doctor Octopus in the Sam Remy Spider-Man films, lets slip the official news that he is returning to Spider-Man in the new film No Way Home describing it as the worst-kept secret in Hollywood, which we've seen the rumours for the last few months at the very least. So, uh, yeah. He did actually go on to say that it was really interesting going back after 17 years to play the same role. So that did confirm that he will be coming back as the same character, or at least a in-universe version of the character at the very least. One thing that I did want to briefly talk about this week, which is slightly off topic, but is related to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, is that I'd seen that Hasbro had announced their range of upcoming Falcon and the Winter Soldier toys. Now, I want to start by stating that there are two different ranges of toys that I'm referring to. There's the Marvel Select range of toys and the Marvel Legends range of toys. And they do 
have very slight differences to them. I'm not a toy expert, so maybe someone who is uh, more familiar with these sorts of things would be able to explain this a little bit better than I can. Uh, what I can see from just generally looking is that there is slightly different designs and the Marvel Select toys are 7 inches as opposed to the Marvel Legends toys, which are 6 inches. Now, there is a minor spoiler warning here again if you've not seen the series or if you've not seen Avengers Endgame. But one thing I did want to note is that the captain america or falcon figure in the select series which is currently sold out on shop disney for 30 dollars comes with both wings however they appear quite rigid however in the legend series it doesn't actually come with both wings you instead you buy the captain america figure which comes with the shield and his like collapsed backpack and then his wings and other accessories are actually spread out over six other different figure boxes including Bucky, Zemo, US Agent, and even Wanda, Vision, and Loki, the last three of which aren't even part of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series. And like I say, I'm not a toy expert, but I just thought it was disgusting that to have these spread over six separate other boxes as well as the primary character box. And it actually means that with each figure costing at least $20, it means you'll be paying $140 minimum for the complete set just of Captain America with his wings. And it does look very, very good. I've seen some of the photos and it looks far superior to the select series figure. But $140 just to be able to get Captain America and his wings, regardless of whether you wanted the other toys or not, I just feel like it's a money-grabbing effort from Hasbro with that. And I'm disgusted by it. I just feel that Hasbro could have made a premium version of that version of that figure with all of the extra bits included and sold it at a premium rate rather than then spreading it out over all these other toys that some of which, as I stated, aren't actually related directly to the series. Anyway, that's just my personal view on it. And if there's any toy collectors out there let me know how you feel about this and if it's something that you're excited for and are going to be investing in now it's time to see what's coming to disney plus in the us and the uk this coming week this next week will start off of course this star wars day on tuesday may the 4th with the release of the new star wars cgi animated series the bad batch which follows the elite and experimental clones first introduced in the Clone Wars series, as they find their way in a rapidly changing galaxy following the events of the Clone War. The season premiere will be a special 70-minute episode, and subsequent episodes will be released every Friday. Not much is yet known about the length of the series, however, as I spoke about a few weeks back, it's expected that the first season will consist of a minimum of 14 episodes. Personally, I'm really looking forward to the series, and it will be one that I'll be making sure to tune into on Tuesday on May the 4th. And with weekly episodes airing on Fridays, it also means that we'll be seeing a double dose this week, with episode 2 airing on Friday, May 7th. At this point, I don't see why we can't just make a whole week out of Star Wars and uh, make it a Star Wars week. Actually, on May 4th, it's rumoured that Disney Plus will see a Star Wars-themed overlay to their app and website promoting all of the Star Wars themed content available on the Disney streaming service. This past week I read that Ewan McGregor has also been practicing hand-to-hand combat and sword fights in the run-up to filming the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which means we may actually get to see him wielding his lightsaber again. 
Also airing on both sides of the pond, we'll be getting the latest episodes of the Mighty Ducks Game Changers and Big Shot this next week. I actually watched the latest episodes of both of these last night, and it was actually a quieter night for me because, of course, we didn't have the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and a couple of the other TV programs that are usually released on a Friday that I try to tune in before the weekend. None of them were available, so all I had were these two, and I have to say that I am really enjoying both of these series, and especially I enjoyed the Mighty Ducks Game Changers this last week because we got to see a lot of the older characters return from some of the original films. And with Big Shot, as I've been saying, I really, really love the character development that they're investing into all of the different characters in this series. Also in the US this next week, you'll see the release of Disney's Wonder Over Yonder seasons one and two. Everyone's Hero, which is about a boy who comes to a turning point in his life when he faces a critical decision, take a chance and possibly become a hero or play it safe. Though the odds are stacked against him, he begins a cross-country adventure to return Babe Ruth's baseball bat before the deciding game of the 1932 World Series. You will also see Flicker, Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken, and Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer, which of course is one of the Fox Fantastic Four films. If you've not seen these before, I highly recommend that you give them a watch. They actually star a much younger chris evans as johnny storm the human torch before he was then recast in the mcu films as captain america over here in the uk we'll be seeing new episodes of filthy rich next solar opposites grown-ish episode six of secrets of sulfur springs and the final episode of the first season of dollface We'll also see the release of all seven seasons of the TV series New Girl, which ran between 2011 and 2018, and stars the brilliant Zooey Deschanel. I've recently watched a few trailers for this, as I've not actually seen it before, and I'm ashamed to say it because I feel like I say it almost every week, but it's being added to the watch list. We'll also be seeing the editions of films 500 Days of Summer, Unstoppable, Unbreakable, starring Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson, and its sequel, Glass. But that's it for what's being added this next week. Is there anything that you're particularly looking forward to? As I say, drop me a message over in the Sorcerer Radio Discord or Sorcerer Radio Fun Zone, or head on over to any of our other social media accounts at at or forward slash the D plus club. And now it's time for the Weekly Movie Club, which this last week has been the first high school musical film. Now, I'm going to have to admit that I was hesitant to choose this one at first. It's not my type of movie. I don't usually really watch musicals. It's just not the kind of film that I enjoy. I'm more like a sci-fi action sort of person. But I wanted to make sure that there's plenty of variety to the Weekly Movie Club. And it isn't just, let's all watch what AJ wants to watch, because that would just be selfish and boring for most people out there. So, as always, if you've not seen High School Musical or its sequels... This is your spoiler warning, and if you don't want to be spoiled, but still want to listen to the podcast, I consider pausing the show now, watch the movie, and then pop back over. I'll wait for you. Okay, the waiting's over, so with the spoiler warning out of the way, let's jump right into it. High School Musical was a direct-to-TV movie released in January of 2006 as part of Disney Channel's Gotta Sing, Gotta Dance Week. And it was estimated to have a budget of around $4.2 million and brought in an estimated 7.7 million viewers for its small screen premiere. Since this time, however, its success has only grown and it's estimated that as of 2019, 
the film had had more than 225 million views following its release. The film starts with central characters Troy and Gabriella on a ski holiday on New Year's Eve. Gabriella is content with reading on her own, and Troy, on the other hand, is happy practicing basketball with his father. Both of the characters' mothers convince them to go to the resort's New Year's Eve party, where they are chosen at random by a spotlight to sing together, where they perform the song, It's the Start of Something New. Following the stroke of midnight and the new year, they exchange phone numbers and decide to separate to spend some time with their own families to bring in the new year. However, before Troy can find out where Gabriella is from, she vanishes. We then cut to the high school where Troy meets up with his friends following the new year break and it turns out that Gabriella has just transferred to the school. We then see Troy in class where he sees a new girl enter but isn't able to see her face and he feels that it may be Gabriella but as a deciding factor he decides to ring her phone which of course they exchange phone numbers earlier in the film and her phone rings and their teacher Mrs Darbus commits both students and some of their fellow classmates to detention for using their phones. Following the class, the two talk and catch up, and Gabriella explains that she has recently moved to town after her mother has gotten a new job. We are also introduced to Sharpay, the school's self-proclaimed musical star. Troy and Gabriella are trying to talk themselves out of signing up for the school musical, while Sharpay signs herself up in large cursive letters on the sign-up sheet. We then cut to Troy at a school basketball practice for their Wildcats team, which is representing its own musical number to the track of Get Your Head in the Game. I really like how they use the basketballs for percussion and also the choreography in this scene. It's absolutely brilliant how they work everything together. Following this, we see Troy tempted to sign up for the audition for the musical, but ultimately deciding against it. To attempt to sabotage Gabriella's chance of signing up to the musical, Sharpay and her brother Ryan research into Gabriella's past before joining the school and find that she was an award-winning student at her previous school and they sign up for one of the school's clubs without her knowledge. At the after-school basketball practice, Troy's dad, who is also the school's basketball coach, finds that Troy and his friend and fellow teammate Chad are in detention, designing the musical sets. Troy's father then drags the boys out of detention to the basketball practice. Troy's dad is focused on Troy's basketball career, as college scouts will be coming to games, and it's a good opportunity for Troy's future. The following day, it's the musical auditions, and Troy sneaks away from Chad in an elaborate maze through the school to avoid detection from anyone he may know, so that he can attend the audition. Even once he arrives, he hides in the shadows, or should I say behind a janitor's cart? Then we hear what I can only describe as a bunch of cats screaming. I mean, some terrible singers from other auditions from other students. Sorry, that's really nasty of me, but honestly, these performances that these other students actually make, is they're absolutely terrible. They're, they're, they're intentionally terrible to make the other performances by the better students sound far better. Whilst hiding in the shadows, Gabriella also sneaks into the theatre, surprising Troy, the two admit to each other that they are scared of auditioning for the musical, possibly as they are worried about how people will think of them. We are then treated to Sharpay and Ryan's audition, which is an elaborately performed musical number, and it's also worth noting that the brother and sister, who are actually twins, are auditioning for the leading roles in the play, and those leading roles in the play are supposed to be romantically involved. 
I'll leave you to think that one over. As the auditions are ending, Troy and Gabriella escape back into the shadows. As Mrs. Darbus is leaving, Gabriella shouts that she would like to audition. However, she is not allowed, as she does not have a second. Troy, however, volunteers to sing with her, but they are both denied for showing up late. After the composer, Kelsey, drops her musical sheet work, Troy and Gabriella help her pick it up, and they perform the song, What I've Been Looking For, as Kelsey intended it. Miss Darbus, however, has overheard the entire performance and shouts from the back of the theatre that they have a callback. Of course, when this is announced, it shocks Sharpay and Ryan, and also all of Troy's friends. Following this, we break to the school cafeteria where all of the students perform a song called Stick to the Status Quo, where some students explain their hidden interests, and their friends shun them, saying that they should stick to what they are good at. Some of these musical numbers are actually really well choreographed, and I can imagine it took quite a while to make some of these scenes flow really well as they seem to on screen. Anyway... At the end of the number, Gabriella slips on some milk and accidentally throws food all over Sharpay. Following this, Sharpay convinces Mrs. Darbus that Troy is trying to sabotage the musical, and she approaches Troy's father about this. However, he doesn't even believe that he auditioned in the first place. Troy leaves a note for Gabriella to meet him on the school's rooftop garden, his secret way to get away from the world for a while. The two talk about they are worried, and Troy worries about what his family will think of him. Gabriella explains that she feels comfortable when singing with Troy, and she would otherwise feel nervous, and Troy explains that he feels equally comfortable when singing with Gabriella. We then see a montage of Troy and Gabriella practicing in private and hiding from their fellow students. When Troy misses a basketball practice and arrives late, Gabriella joins him in the gym, where she meets Troy's father, who is dismissive of Gabriella for distracting his son and is also dismissive of Troy's musical audition, believing that it is a worthless pursuit. Chad then tries to convince Troy that he should not be auditioning for the musical also. Chad also goes as far as meeting with Gabriella's friends to plot a way to prevent them from singing. Chad even goes as far as holding what I can only describe as an intervention for Troy with his fellow teammates. Gabriella's friend Taylor also holds her own intervention for Gabriella also. However, this is only a trick to make Troy say something he did not intend, basically saying that Gabriella was meaningless to him. This is recorded or even streamed live to Gabriella, who is obviously upset by this revelation. Gabriella then calls off their callback, believing that Troy no longer wants to sing with her. This upsets Troy and puts him off his game. The two are then notably awkward towards each other and their friends, and you can see that it has obviously had a big effect on both of them. Noticing this, Troy's team apologise and show their support for Troy. Chad even goes as far as admitting to his elaborate plot. Taylor also says the same thing, even admitting that she knew Chad could make Troy say the things he wouldn't mean. However, still shaken by Troy's words, Gabriella does not accept the apology, and Gabriella is still upset. Troy goes to Gabriella's house in an attempt to apologise, and after not making it inside her house, phones her from outside, ultimately finding out which is her room and climbing up onto the balcony, stalker, where he sings to her. Following this, both students are notably energised and committed to both of their extracurricular activities and their musical auditions. Sharpay and Ryan overhear the audition and plot to interfere with the callbacks, to change the day so that Troy and Gabriella are unable to attend. 
However, this only fills both Troy, Gabriella, and their friends with determination to find a way to work together to make it happen. The following day is the day of the big game, the Scholastic Decathlon, and the Corbacks. During the respective competitions, Taylor hacks some of the school systems to shut down the gym and the Scholastic Decathlon, forcing the audiences of both respective competitions to exit and into the school's theatre, just in time for Troy and Gabriella's audition. Gabriella is noticeably nervous, but Troy convinces her to sing, knowing that they will both make each other feel comfortable. The two then sing Breaking Free, which impresses the crowd and Troy's father. The students then go back to win their respective competitions, and following this, Troy and Gabriella congratulate each other. Chad admits to feelings for Taylor and asks her out, and all of the students perform the musical number We're All In This Together in the gym. In a closing scene, Sharpay, after dismissing Zeke, one of the basketball stars, for the entire movie, advances on Zeke in the gym, saying she loves his cooking, which he admitted to earlier in the film. Now, I'm going to have to admit something here. I had to consult my wife around a lot of these notes. She is the expert on this, and and I wouldn't have been able to produce any sort of detail to the, these notes without her. We actually watched the film again with the kids earlier today. Like I said last week, my son really enjoys uh, songs in a lot of these Disney movies, so he really, really enjoyed it. And my wife watched this quite a lot when she was younger, when she was a kid as well, so she was able to provide me with more insight into some of these notes let's say and I don't think I could have produced any of this without her. She actually liked that in her words for once she was the expert and had to explain things to me because I'll admit usually I'm a little bit of a movie buff in the family and I'll be explaining plot points and characters where people may not be able to follow along with it otherwise. Actually if I could have convinced her to be able to come onto the podcast she'd probably be far better suited to be able to talk about this film than I ever would be. Anyway, following the film's first release, it went on to form a number of sequels, with High School Musical 2 being released the following year and High School Musical 3 the year after, as well as spin-offs in the form of Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure in 2011, international adaptations in Argentina, Brazil and China, as well as a stage and ice show. More recently, of course, in the past year, we've seen the debut of the series High School Musical The Musical The Series, which, to say I don't usually watch these kind of films, I actually quite enjoyed the series, and how they've developed the characters in the series as well. And it also includes a lot of other original songs made specifically for the series. And of course, the second season of High School Musical, the musical, the series, is set to debut on May 14th. High School Musical was actually the first Disney Channel original movie that actually had a theatrical sequel with the release of High School Musical 3 in 2008. Filming primarily took place in Utah in East High School and Murray High School. As a musical, the film's soundtrack also saw success following its release, topping the US album chart and the single, Breaking Free, also reached number four in the singles chart. A fourth film was actually rumoured to be in the works in 2016, which would have seen the characters return for Troy and Gabriella's wedding. However, it ultimately fell through. However, according to an interview with the film star Corbin Blue, some form of a reunion is not an if, but a when. Corbin actually had a lot of input to his character, including the slogans he wore on his shirts in the film, and the scene when he was wearing three watches. Yet, was actually given an option of which watch he wanted to wear. 
he actually chose all three and just set them all to different time zones. Corbin had originally auditioned for the role as Ryan. However, after seeing Lucas at the audition, he said he could not shake like Lucas, and the character of Ryan had to shake when dancing. So, instead he auditioned for Chad, and he won the role. Some of the singing vocals for Troy in the first movie were actually done by a singer by the name of Drew Seeley, who has done various work with Disney over the years. However, Zac Efron did perform some of the vocals and did perform in the sequels. It's hard to believe, but the actual filming for the movie took place over the space of only 24 days, and the soundtrack, in fact, was only actually recorded in five days. However, we would expect that the rehearsals for the dance numbers probably lasted a lot longer than that. They look very, very complex. Troy and Gabriella's on-screen chemistry actually extended off-screen also. Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens actually dated between 2006 and 2010. Ashley Tisdale originally auditioned for the role of Gabriella, which I actually cannot imagine now that I've seen the film again. However, it was the film's director who believed she would be better suited for the role of Sharpay. Ashley was actually pulling double acting duty at the time as she was also working on Disney's The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody whilst filming was taking place. To become a convincing basketball player, Zac Efron actually trained for more than three hours a day and I'm not a professional basketball player, but he actually convinced me that he'd been training for years. The film was described by many as a modern take on the Romeo and Juliet story crossed with Greece and I can actually understand that after seeing it again. There are a few notable goofs in the movie where words and songs have not been matched up very well. However, after reading how long it took to film and also to record the soundtrack, that's not really that surprising. So as always, I always try to see what you all thought to this week's movie club and I asked the question over in the Sorcerer Radio Discord and Sorcerer Radio Disney Fun Zone Facebook page. Brandon said he thought it was a movie he would never watch, but did actually end up enjoying it. He was never really interested in the high school musical franchise because he felt the music was quite poppy and didn't sound very Disney to him. But after enjoying it, he also said that he may give the other two films a go to. Inimitable also said that they were once in a production of High School Musical, so it brought back some memories. And of course, my wife absolutely loved the film. It brought back a lot of childhood memories for her. Her favourite character in the whole of the franchise is Ryan. She just feels that he's got a really well-rounded character that's explored further in the sequels. So that's it for this week's Movie Club. Next week, as I mentioned earlier, we have Star Wars Day on Tuesday, May the 4th. So I thought, why not make a week out of it? So next week we'll not be covering a specific movie, let's say. Rather, I'll be talking about the Star Wars franchise as a whole. I'll also be doing a special question time as well over in the Sorcerer Radio Disney Fun Zone and Sorcerer Radio Discord. If any of you have followed along with the question time that I've run there for the last three years or so. As for a movie though, if you are a Star Wars fan, the only thing I can ask you to do is watch your favourite film from the series and drop me a message as to which one is your favourite and why. And also if you've never seen a Star Wars film, then I challenge you to give at least one of them a go. Speaking of which, next week I'll also discuss the different types of watch orders and if there is a right or a wrong way to be able to watch them. So, with that being said... Head over to the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord and look for the weekly movie club room and leave your comment. You can also find me on social media at at or forward slash the D plus club. Thank you very much for tuning in this week and I hope that you can tune in again next week. Have a great one everyone. Bye bye.